We're here to talk about the power, man. Wait, did you say the power? I thought you meant uh, powder from 1996. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Zach, you watched the wrong movie. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. We are here for part two of the triple crossover extravaganza. We have two very special guests from two very special podcasts. The Midnight Podcast. And you should tune into the Creepy Crawler. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Kevin. 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 Bucky. There is no Kevin. There is only Bucky. What's up? Spread the, the celebration of horror to anyone that listens. Jason. The Diamond Cutter. Okay to be wrong. ZC Kroll. How you doing, Zach? This movie is fucked up. I'm Angela's dick. Bucky. Who the hell is Bucky? Introduce our first crossover, people. Midnight Terrors Podcast. Welcome back. Hey, what's going on, boys? Hey, thanks for coming back, you guys. You got uh, you want to introduce yourselves with your voices, just in case someone hasn't heard you before on here? No. All right. <laughs> no, fuck I'm you. just God kidding. Damn it. Steal my fucking jokes. <laughs> I did steal that one from me, Zach. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm uh, Kevin slash Bucky. And you got Jason Diamond. And also, we'd like to welcome ZC Kroll from the Creepy Crowley podcast. And also, he's an author. In case you hi, Marcus know. and Luke. I'm hi. I'm Zach. Hey, Zach. <laughs> hi, Kevin and Jason. Hi, hi Zach. buddy. Zach, I feel like you and I are the most intimately connected on this podcast. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, the you're fuck? alone on that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> We've we've done karaoke together. We did. You're a great singer. Were you doing some Green Day? I did do some Green Day. Yeah, Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> Looking for Jason, a new co-host, you, guys. Jason, do you sing? Uh, yes, I do. What do you? Can you sing something for us? Uh, j- uh right now. No. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> and yeah, right the now. installation is free. <laughs> That was great. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> His specialty is photographed by Nickelback. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look at my photograph. Who am I going to That's my, the best I can do. Since we only ask the hard-hitting questions here on Reviewed to Death, uh, I have a question for all of you guys, and uh, it's a very important one. Are zombies ghosts? Are zombies ghosts? <laughs> Think about it. They're dead. I have an answer for this. Yeah. True. I'm, I'm saying no. Well, how, how can I say this? Uh, ghosts need to be able to like traverse through shit. <laughs> and like, I don't know, man. They got to be like a presence that you can't like, you know, put your finger on. Whereas a zombie, you know, you can shoot him in the head and ask thing on that zombie. Put so your finger on like or finger in? Well, either or. And uh, I mean, yeah, you can't finger a ghost, can you, smart guy? No. I mean, you, I mean, that's open right. for interpretation. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say no because ghosts wear sheets over, over themselves, and zombies don't. In most cases, 
But, say, uh, if, you're, if you're a detective in London, you can finger a ghost for a crime. <laughs> well, but the Jewish <laughs> you can. Never mind. I'm gonna stop. Right Whoa! Here. I'm gonna, Whoa! He's I'm he's hitting stop. the movie already. <laughs> <laughs> I've answered this, uh, Marcus. Um, Go for it. Is it a, a, a zombie is the opposite of a ghost because it does not have a spirit, so it is without a soul. So really, what you want is a ghost to go into a zombie, and then it would be a whole person again. Now, good night, everybody. With an honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Zach. Bringing it home. Pretty good. That's pretty good, man. All right. So, so the more important question, and a question that we've been asking people all month. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Think about those non-horror things, maybe family shows or stuff you grew up watching. What one of those things would make a completely fabulous, fantastic horror movie or show or whatever? So I, when you sent us the message about this, um, I was trying to think about what it would be. And like, I thought I had a good answer and maybe it still is, um, but it's also been done. So like, I remember like one of my favorite like 90s shows was uh, Dinosaurs. Oh, I remember that. You know, that's, not the mama. That's, <laughs> like, border, that's borderline creepy already because of the, the animatronics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jen, Jim Henson. Um, so uh, it was definitely a, uh, you know, a kid friendly, you know, kind of family show. And I was just thinking about like, uh, what if the dinosaurs are eating the people? And then I was like, well, well, and the dinosaurs do eat <laughs> like because their their refrigerator is full of like these little like kind of ape things like these little monkeys or whatever. And that's what they eat. <laughs> like that's their that's their dinner are these little like kind of ape creatures. Um, but then I was like, well, that's kind of Jurassic Park. So, uh <laughs> Um, but no, that was the first thing that came to mind for me. I think you're the first person to ever connect the show Dinosaurs to Jurassic Park, which I think, is, <laughs> I think it's kind of amazing because I, I get it now. <laughs> right? do, you guys re- do you guys remember the finale of that show? It's dark as fuck. Zach, you want to enlighten us with the... You, sounds like you remember it better than I do. Yeah, I mean, like it just covers like dinosaurs extinction. And they're just a family, and it's just a very, like, somber, we're all going to die together as a family. I really yeah, don't like, remember this. They're, they're all in just the house. A hellish, Just a hellish landscape of meteors and... Maybe right. I blocked it out of my brain. It's fucked up. It's, yeah, like, the baby is there, you know, I'm the baby. And uh, I think it's the baby and the dad, and then, you know, it's like, I, I, they're trying to, like, comfort each other. Like, you know, it's okay, we're, we're going to be together when we die. Or something like that, and then the show just like it just ends, <laughs> and that's it. Like it's, it's fucking, it's grim. It's grim. It's, it's pretty messed up. The Flesh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> yes, Flesh Prince. That could be a horror movie and a porn video. That Clive, is going to be Clive Barker's on... The Flesh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> that is going to be featured on our spinoff podcast, Mister Fun Sacks House of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> the the flesh prince of bel-air starring ron jeremy oh god no not that guy not fuck that guy 
<laughs> Fuck that guy is right. Yeah. Everybody fucks that guy. <laughs> Explain, oh, Zach. Explain. I just came up with it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it could be like a family adopts a zombie into their home. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's great. And he has to, awesome. like, I'd, w- I'd watch it. <laughs> That's all I've got. that works out really good i've got another one actually kevin you go first sorry i was thinking about like some more cartoons that that i grew up watching if they did a horror twist on it you know what actually be really cool is that show gargoyles Mm. oh yeah yeah that was pretty close already put a dark twist on that and like you can still have the hero gargoyles but you could really come up with some creepy ass like creatures that that come into the show yeah man that show was already kind of dark to begin with man i think that's actually <laughs> one of the reasons why that you know it's funny you mentioned that that's honestly one of my favorite fucking shows growing up man it was that yeah. batman the animated series oh um, yeah you know they both those shows uh share kind of a similar aesthetic and you know real dark themes for you yeah. know for kids shows from the 90s man because like you know back in the day you know, that's that wasn't the norm, you know, like that's not what you were expecting right. to sit well, down another, to on Saturday morning yeah. or whatever. Well, another one that was like maybe a little more obscure these days because it doesn't have like a huge cult following like Gargoyles does, but was kind of in the same era. Does anyone remember Mummies Alive? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't that, remember that one. That one was mummies who were resurrected to defend like the reincarnation of an ancient Egyptian pharaoh from a sorcerer and I thought that that would be and they always brought in like Egyptian care like Egyptian um, iconography in there and I thought that they could really make that like again a dark show they could make it super creepy nice so was it like was it like crime fighting mummies is that what I'm getting here or or... yeah Yeah, kind of yeah they were fighting um, a a guy named Scarab who was literally turned into a scarab and he was trying to steal the power of the Pharaoh. I don't oh remember God. this at all. So, so it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the turtles are, are mummies. <laughs> but they're mummies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Check, oh, it, so check good. it out, dude. And it has it's one so of the good. best like theme songs from a TV show ever. What, once again, what's it called? Mummies Alive. Mummies Alive. I'm going to look this up, man. This sounds check it out, dude. right, right <laughs> up my alley. Well, and, and Luke, to your conversation about uh, Gargoyles and um, uh, and the Batman animated series, uh, they were both written and directed uh, by Paul Dini, um, oh, who was a very famous uh, Batman yeah. writer. Um, and Paul Dini Gargoyles? Had, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, it, it was the same art directors and Paul Dini writing for the show and everything. And both of those... Uh, shows the reason that they look so dark and they look so interesting is because they actually um, uh, drew the show uh, on black paper. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's why everything looks so dark and like kind of sinister because it was black paper and they were actually putting color on top of that. So, um, but yeah, well, that, I'm, that I'm makes big... a lot of sense. Was Bruce Tim involved in Gargoyles too? I feel, or was yes, he was. Part? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love that in Batman, the animated series. Those are Damn, like that's awesome, man. I love me. those two shows. Also very, very dark for a for a 90s kids cartoon is Batman, the animated series. 
I was just telling a friend today, like, why can't they just make Batman the animated series again? Because like they keep <laughs> making these Batman shows, and like they can't, they, they're not getting it right. Everybody no. just wants that. Sh- just make that show again. That's what everyone right. wants. Okay, real quick, I have a show. Since you mentioned Mummy is Alive, Kevin, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the show, but there was like this knockoff kind of X Files meets Men in Black animated series that only lasted like 40 episodes but i have the series on dvd and i used to watch when i was little it's called roswell conspiracies oh shit mm-hmm. no i don't know that one john i think, it was, on, on that one. I think it was on fox kids this show was awesome no, <laughs> no i don't remember this <laughs> it was only all. like two seasons but it was it was awesome you guys would dig it like sure, it, it feels great. like x files meets yeah men in black that was there cool. we go. that's that sounds like my shit man that sounds roswell conspiracies yeah Okay, I gotta check that out, man. That sounds. It's great. not like phenomenal or anything, but you know. Was that your other show, Zach, or did you have another one? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, uh, Family Splatters. <laughs> <laughs> um, Family the, Splatters. The Winslows have made fun of Steve Urkel one too many times, so he becomes. <laughs> he just fucking snaps. He becomes a new uh, slasher icon. Oh, Steve Urkel. Awesome. He's like Michael Myers, and it's just Steve Urkel. Dude, even his like, (laughs) even his uh, signature line would still work. You know, after he killed somebody. Absolutely. Got any cheese? (laughs) Can I do that? (laughs) I haven't divulged to anyone, but um, you know, when I climax, you know, that's my my line. Like, did I? (laughs) Do you say got any cheese? I I said got any cheese. (laughs) I am learning way more about my colors than I ever wanted to. You got the touch You got the power So Luke, what's the power about? Born in 1953 to humble beginnings, American singer and songwriter Stan Bush would shoot the Super Stanum in 1986 with the release of the movie, The Transformers, The Movie, in which his seminal hit, The Touch, would be prominently featured. This is the story of that man's meteoric rise to fall <laughs> and rise from atop <laughs> of the goddamn world. Oh my goodness. You got the touch. You got the power. Actually, can I, can I, can I, can I say what it is? I'm sorry, because I know we're all fucking around, but can we be serious now? <laughs> yes. I mean, we can okay. try. The pat, the pat, okay. Stop, can we... We need to be mature now, okay? This is like we're doing like professional podcasts, and we have a lot of listeners. Okay, my mom listens to this. Okay, okay. all right, all right, all right. Now listen. The Power is a song by German uh, dance group Snap, released as their debut single. It was released on the third of January, nineteen ninety, as the lead single from their debut album, World Power. Oh hell yeah! Oh my goodness. The power is the power of love, man. It's the power of love. It's the power of love. <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> All right. For real this time. So, in 1974, a young nurse is forced to work the night shift in a crumbling hospital as striking miners switch off the power across Britain. Inside the walls lurks a terrifying presence that threatens to consume her and everyone around her. <laughs> <laughs> Zach just spit his fucking drink out. 
<laughs> for those that uh, are wondering. Good stuff. Well. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> well, that was the review to death. <laughs> you guys are going to lose I'm, it again in a second I'm, when I I'm ask gonna, you to do something for me. I'm going to let you guys start with this one. <laughs> oh my god! If you can. So this this movie takes place uh, amongst the backdrop of uh, the very real uh, power shortages and cuts that happened in the UK in the late. 60s and early 70s so uh uh if you're ready for a little history segment boys hit me with some history segment music it's the power of love (laughs) (laughs) seriously have you guys heard anything about this or were you familiar with this before you saw the movie i walked in completely blind It, it was an actual real thing and um it came about because the uk is in england in in uh the uk's biggest problem back then was inflation so what the prime minister did is he um, he uh, put a moratorium on all raises. So he didn't he didn't give anybody. He said that any public sector workers couldn't have raises, and it didn't go with the cost of living. So the mine workers met on strike, and since most of their power was provided by coal, they had some serious power problems. And so these blackouts actually happened. Like uh, yeah, it's uh, a rolling uh, brown or blackouts. The, uh, the prime minister made like a three-day work week mandatory. So where businesses could only have three consecutive days of power and they had to shut things down early. And um, the only people exempt from this were hospitals, like in this movie. So that's, you know, a, a horror story amongst like early 70s England is a pretty creepy premise to start off with. No, it's it's really cool. I, again, I, I didn't know anything about this either. And it's uh, one of my... Like I know Marcus, you're like this too. We we both like like actually read history for fun because we're fucking big ass dorks. Um, but you know I also love fiction, so naturally I kind of gravitate towards like historical fiction. Like, um, oh, what's that Viking show on um, on Netflix? The um, The Lost Kingdom. You know that's uh, yeah. uh Bernard Cromwell yeah. uh, series of books. It's really fucking good. If, if you haven't read them, definitely do so. You know it's uh, it's framed by like actual events. And uh, that's what the power is too. It's it's framed by this, uh, you know, in this time frame that I didn't know existed. By the way, uh, three day work week sounds awesome. So, um, <laughs> you know, just gonna throw that out there. Word. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's this. It's all about this new, brand new, straight out of nursing school. Um, her name's Valerie, right? But everybody calls her Val, or she calls herself Val. Val. Yeah. And uh, it's her first assignment, and she has to work in this like dilapidated about to be closed down hospital and it just looks like a fucking nightmare uh it's like it's like a maze and uh you know like marcus said rolling blackouts and uh guess what she's afraid of the dark and she's got to stay on for that shift because the like the head of the nurses what they call their matron or something like that yeah yeah she's a real hard ass and told her uh, all the doctors are assholes, by the way, which I'm sure was true, especially back then. Um, as a nurse, she's not supposed to even talk to the doctors. Like, don't look at them. Don't don't question their authority, which is exactly what she does. She sort of takes it upon herself to help a, another kid out on the ward. And as punishment, Matron says that she's got to stay there overnight. Well, yeah, and she, she talks to like the one nice doctor there is Dr. Franklin, and uh, he seems all right. 
And uh, that is what, yeah, sets Matron over the edge. She's like, how dare you talk to him and, uh, you know, make me look small. You're going to work the fucking night shift tonight. And, you know, to which Val is like, but I'm afraid of the dark. And then Matron's like, tough shit. Yeah, fuck you. You're where were you working? Yeah, don't care. Well, listen, I don't like eye contact either, and I don't like them staying overnight. So, <laughs> good point. You don't, you don't even bother to learn the names or Just anything. Saying, yeah, yeah. I get weird about eye contact too. Yeah, <laughs> I'd share that. Yeah, for sure. I'm Especially all about after. eye contact. I'm a teacher. I got to look at everybody in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but for real, I mean, uh, it, having a, a fear of, of the dark, uh, I think it's very common for a, for a lot of people, uh, you know, having that fear of the dark, especially when you're a child. Um, and of course, you know, you kind of grow out of it, like, as you get older. Um, but, but to be honest, even though people say that they grow out of it or you don't talk about it. I, th- I think everybody has a, a fear of the dark. Um, I mean, I, I still don't walk around my house like in complete dark. I'm like still flicking lights on and off behind me, like as I'm walking around or going to bed or like whatever. Um, so, I mean, it, just the kind of basic premise of, you know, being scared of the dark or or being in the dark, um, I, th- I think it's a great premise. And I, like I said, I I don't like it either. I mean, not that I'm scared of the dark. Like when I jump <laughs> to bed, turn lights out, whatever. But you know, still walking around the house, or if if I see a movie recently or anything that like scares me. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of extra cautious to keep the lights on or, you know, going down the hall or walking up the stairs or whatever. You know, I'll keep the lights on. So I, I think it's a really uh, a really common fear for a lot of people. I'm 36 and I can say, like, with total, like, confidence, I'm still afraid of the dark and I'm totally okay saying that. And I'm still weird about going upstairs. Like we said in the last episode, like things grab my feet i still need to have blankets on top of me when i'm going to sleep i'm still weird about mirrors i think there's going to be shit in like the mirror when i'm looking into it sort of valid valid concerns yeah so anyway i'm with you mark or uh, mark i'm sitting in the basement today to record and uh i'm usually not sitting down here and i have a partially finished basement and i keep i keep eyeing the darkness of where the washing machine and the the, the <laughs> furnace is and stuff like that. Like I'm not used to being down here at night. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna pop out, man. No, I'm, that's why I'm keeping my eyes on it. I'm waiting for <laughs> someone to jump out of the closet behind uh, Bucky and Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's one of those things too that um a, a lot of a lot of horror movies not even just being in the dark completely. But just like you said, like like a closet door being open, but you can't see completely into it or, you know, see back into the closet. But it's just like that door is open and all you can see is black. And and that's terrifying. Like it's it's still scary. Yeah, that's one of um, my that's one of my things. Yeah, I, don't I, like that shit. <laughs> I cannot sleep with an open doorway like facing me when I'm sleeping. Uh, doors got to be shut and. You know, funny enough, again, I'm I'm 30 and I I don't like 
you know, the dark, like total darkness either. Um, I'm still someone that when I go to sleep, I got to have something playing on my phone or maybe on the television or something in the darkness, like giving me some sort of light. And uh, funny enough, when I spent the night at a friend's house once, they had to keep the door open in the guest room that I was in because their cats would come in to eat their food. And I had just seen Lights Out, which has a scene where said monster is scratching at the floor in the doorway. And I woke up in the middle of the night hearing a crunch, crunch sound. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, fuck me, dude. This is why I hate open doorways. And it was just their cat eating food. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get afraid of all kinds of noises and shit, like creaking sounds and all yeah. that stuff. I just Zach, you, when you when you cover your when you cover your feet with the blanket, you make it hard to play footsie, to be honest. But yeah, um, were you gonna say Luke? Oh no, I'm gonna. <laughs> I was gonna try and talk about the movie. <laughs> Sorry, it's all good, man. And not Bucky's love affair, but. <laughs> I'm a regular Tarantino man. Them feet. <laughs> we don't talk about we don't talk about that stuff publicly, Kevin. Wow. We, a, we, we should write a horror he movie. Says called, I say shit on the show. We should write a horror movie called Tootsies. <laughs> so oh, Luke, the the movie. So the movie. Um, yes. <laughs> so the reason that Val has uh, she has she has some valid reasons to be afraid of the dark as we'll learn later but we do see at the beginning of the movie that she has uh like flashbacks to being locked in a closet <laughs> and uh <laughs> they're just visions we see more of them later but uh we we <laughs> it gets established that she's not a fan well and when they when she gets these visions it's like darkness and then you get like brief flashes or little frames of like a guy's face sometimes with like a cigarette right or a lighter or something yeah yeah. Yeah. I should clarify I'm not laughing about the fear of the closet. I'm laughing because Luke couldn't get his line out properly and was still <laughs> yeah. cracking up. Um oh, man. And these um these uh these flashbacks of hers sort of echo some things that are happening in the movie because when they finally cut the power off, they've transferred a lot of the patients to a different part of the hospital that does have power. But her and a couple other nurses have to stay with um uh, the infants, and then with the like right. the, with the comatose patients, and right. there's a lot of scenes which are really uh, unsettling of Val walking around the hospital with a lantern, right? And you like only see her face or her silhouette, <laughs> and you hear her fleet, feet clicking, and then you just see that lantern light, and that's it. So yeah, it- there's something that happens early on when they shut down the power. Um, that every time I see it in a horror movie, it creeps me out, which is impending lights shutting off. Oh when, yeah, I don't know oh, what yeah, it yeah. is. When she's in the hallway and she has no control over the lights just slowly going out and she's not kind ready yet. Flickering. Well, they're shutting off and like the right. hallway is just getting darker and she's stuck there. Something about that just um, freaks me freaks me out. Those are good shots. I agree. They are freaky yeah. as hell. Yeah, and her walking with the the lantern was it a lantern or a candle? It was a, I think it was like a yeah. gas lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of the nun, but I I thought it was this was done way more effectively. Like those scenes in the nun where you know you see her doing that. I thought it was this was more 
I don't know, like more artsy and more yes. like elegant. Than... Which, by the way, I should I should mention right now, if you're gonna watch this movie, The Power, um, watch it in a dark room. No, oh, it's made it. to be watched in the yeah, dark. You, you can't. Yeah. There's a lot of it. subtle you... stuff that you're not yeah. gonna see unless you're really in the zone. And right, even if you have like yeah. a few light sources on, you, you're gonna you're gonna miss stuff. You're not gonna see because it, it is a, like literally a very dark movie thematically too, but literally you will not be able to see some shit if you have any lights on while you're watching this thing oh so it's like that one game of thrones episode um. yeah kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> there's like 10 of those <laughs> um now one of the one of the things before like we kind of get like a little too deep into it so i like i i really do like slow burn movies um and it, I don't always have to have like this big jump scare. It doesn't always have to be gore. Like, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time. Like it, it doesn't have to be all this over the top shit all the time. And, and I do like slow burn movies, but I, I felt like this one um, is, it, it's not bad. Like I enjoyed it, but I, I just felt like it was crazy slow for me. So it's fair. piggybacking off of what Jason said, you remember how I mentioned one of the three movies that we watched for this, like broke you, broke me. This was the one. <laughs> this so in what movie, way did it break you? I'm shocked. That, I'm shocked that this was the one. This one movie minus. actually like infuriated me with being the slow burn. And I usually don't <laughs> mind that. I'm usually all good with it, but man, so slight, I'll I'll pull back the curtain. Oh, so it broke yeah. you in a bad way. I thought you meant it broke you like like hereditary, like it. It's no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just let, just in a can you get the fuck moving way? <laughs> okay, all right. Um, this is interesting. I so I'll pull back the curtain. I don't know how this movie ends <laughs> because <laughs> I got an hour in and I just was not feeling it man like i know they were referencing stuff with her backstory which was very very uncomfortable and upsetting but man this is like we talked about this in the cellar a little bit but this is for me personally and other people will feel differently and i saw the rotten tomato scores and and things for this movie that people were loving it and that's totally understandable um for me personally this was like the epitome of awesome concept awesome concept of abandoned hospital that is a terrifying scenario to be in to be in a hospital with no power that's insanely creepy but man this was 45 minutes of just for me just a series of i'm going to walk around in the dark and then there's going to be some invisible force that grabs me like we talked about on the last episode this for me was just when I talked about having intention with your scares, this was one that for me was just like, uh, feels like we got to pad out the runtime. Let's throw a couple more wandering around the hospital scenes. And like, for me, just nothing was happening. So I got an hour in and was just like, man, I, I, I tried watching it last night before I went to bed. I tried watching it today. And, um, yeah, man, this I, it had such promise for me, but it just really did not pull me in. So what was the last thing that you saw? The last thing I saw was slightly after, uh, what's her name? Val. Val. 
Now, slightly after Val had her like seizure thing. Okay. Where, yeah, something came over and she was freaking out and they were basically telling her she had to leave the hospital because she started to choke out the little girl out of like fear and hallucinations. So let's let's catch people up to this point. So the power's off, and this first part does drag a little bit, so this is actually a pretty good way to talk about this. She's with uh, another nurse named Babs, who they, they knew from before. Babs is an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> immediately back into bullying that she would have done with her before. And they're watching, the, they're watching the comatose patients, and then there's two other nurses that are watching the infants, and as Val's sort of moving around, oh, there's also a, a supreme dick named Neville, who's uh, just a uh, just womanizer, misogynist. He's a security uh, guard, right? Yeah, he's an awful, awful Is he person. A security but guard? I thought he was like a yeah. janitor or something. He, he's dressed like a miner, right? But yeah, no, there, there's a janitor too, but he's like a super creepy old man that like tried to like feel up on Val's yeah. leg. Oh, know, that's there. right. Okay, that's right. yeah, no, this. I thought he looked like Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this this fucking security guard guy though was absolutely terrible, dude. He's got he's got two walls in his office, right? One of them, they're both full of photos. One wall is just porn, and then the other wall is pictures of the female staff that he's had sex with. Like that's his like yeah. his conquest. Yeah, that's Neville. Yeah, that's what was Neville. the deal with the one nurse dancing on the table? Like, what happened with that? Oh, so yeah. he was like, they have a, they have a. It's just more of Neville being an asshole. So it's like they have, they have a prior relationship. Like you get the feeling that she slept with him at some point. Okay. And so in his mind, she's his property, and she's just going to do whatever he wants her to do. So it's like he, he gets her to stand up on the table and start doing like a little dance for him and she's obviously uncomfortable with it but she does yeah, it anyway that's what i got from it too but i was like damn i didn't know people like have that well it's called the power i guess but the, the <laughs> people have that power over other people that they manipulate them and Man, in the seven in the 70s in that kind of setting yeah, I... where all these nurses are meant to be subservient anyway I can mm. see yeah. it happening. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's like it was definitely a man's world back then, like more so than it it is now. And oh, for uh, yeah, sure. Nev, that's probably Nev, what they yeah, were he, conveying with that scene, honestly, like how he was controlling right. her. And, yeah. and it's funny you mentioned, you know, like the power. The movie's called The Power, and and you know, Nev is like, you know, exuding his power over Babs because there's lots of different meanings of the power right in this movie. Right, there's the power, like literally, like the power's gone out. Right. There's the power like control. And then we get to the power at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Nev is just, yeah. He, Babs just got done being like a complete shit to Val too. Like she's been bullying her. And now here comes this guy, Nev. He just like, you know, takes her, like he says, takes her down a peg or two. Well, and it like, just uh, speaking from some things that I know and like, so my mother is, is a doctor um, and in the seventies, she was going through her residency. Um, you know, she was a nurse at that point and, you know, transitioned to be nurse practitioner and then eventually became a doctor. Um, but going through that, like, I mean, she used to tell me all the time, like doctors, they were, I mean, it was a male dominated field. But yeah, definitely in, in that time period and, and just knowing just kind of the stories that I've heard 
from my mom, like in the medical field in that time period. Yeah. The, the nurses were just kind of thought of just, they were just kind of trash or kick away. Like, yeah. And you, and you did touch on an important point with the title, the power, you know, you look at the poster and it's like, very vague and like could mean literally anything but one thing that i did appreciate about the movie was like you guys have said the different layers of the power there's the power with the hospital there's the sort of the uh the the power as it was in the 70s in you know very unfortunate that it was you know a male dominated world back then and a male dominated field and that that whole power dynamic there um and that's, you know, again, that's one thing I appreciated was just that there is a lot of layers to that, to that title. And there's the power of the entity or whatever we'll call it that's inhabiting the hospital. And this entity is starting to, what we think to be is like fucking around with Val. Like she seems to be assaulted by this uh, entity on multiple occasions. There's uh, instance in the hallway when she's like pushed over and her arms turned behind her back. And then where Kevin uh, finished watching the movie was when she like fully gets like possessed by this entity where she like sort of freaks out. She stabs herself in her leg. She also, uh, uh, she uh, is, uh, she claws Bab's eyes out pretty much. Yeah. Straight up. Comes up behind her and just like digs her eyes into her eyeballs, which I'm sure Luke loved. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, eye drama. <laughs> the eyeball stuff there. Luke? It was. It's actually yeah. I fucking hate it so much, dude. I, it, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because after the oh, violence, God, what, teaser, was the, what was it? Our our Christmas. Oh, Black Christmas 2006. Christmas yeah, it was. It was just dude. nothing but eyeball trauma. <laughs> oh, there's so much eye shit in that movie. There is located. We did an episode on that too. That it was so fucking hard to watch for me, dude. Like I, I can deal with anything in a horror movie, but if someone's eye gets damaged, I fucking have to look away, man. It's just, it's too much. Well, okay. I mean, case in point, there are two examples that fuck with me with that are *Brightburn* with the glass in the actual eyeball, yeah. dude. And you get me fucking. I think we talked about that too. Yeah, and then <laughs> *Evil Dead* 2013, where there's like the the nail or the pin or whatever, like oh, right yeah. under, or they oh, get the needle stabbed in the yeah, eyeball. It's the syringe. Yeah. yeah I've never seen Final that Destination scene. Four. She's getting a, the laser, the LASIK eye surgery. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one, all dude. Two, that's right. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. One of those, the 3d ones probably. Yeah. <laughs> 3d. It's like burning her eye. 3D like her right Final now. destination. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's funny. You, you mentioned Kevin that like you kind of like cashed out at the, after the violent seizure, because my biggest complaint about this movie is that is it's it's really fucking slow for the first forty five minutes of it, but the next forty five minutes are really good, man. Like if you were something else, man. <laughs> I'm There's just a not really you, outs. You, yeah. yeah, not saying you made the wrong decision. It's totally your opinion. It's all good. It's all valid. But man, those last 45 minutes, the movie changes completely from what I thought it was going to be. Because uh, I kind of felt it was going to be like a, the conjuring type, like haunting, you know, type yeah. movie. And it ends up being like a possession. Uh, yeah. Like, man, it's like it becomes very violent at times too. We were just talking about the, the eye gouging. It's nothing is like super like you know uh implicit and, and and 
graphic or anything, but you know, uh, all of a sudden, Bab gets her uh, eyes ripped out. Uh, That asshole, um, Nev, the security guard, he gets fucking set on fire. And then, yeah, Val just keeps getting, losing, losing more and more control of herself. The creepiest scene for me is, uh, and maybe Zach can set this one up for us, is uh, when they, when the other nurses have, uh, you know, sort of sedated Val, but she, she wakes up and she's like, I gave you so much. Like, how are you walking right now? And she freaks out again and they lock her in another room. It's yeah, I, lo- I like real those creepy two. shit helps. Yeah, and happens I like in that room. I like those two nurses, by the way. I think they're cool characters that are kind of fun, like for all the horror that's going on. They had fun names um, too, like Comfort and Terry. Yeah, Comfort. Comfort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think for me that's the quote unquote power struggle. There is that because I did kind of skim forward to see like where we were going to go. Um, with the rest of the movie, because I was like, we got to be building to something. And so I did get kind of a look behind the curtain as to where we were going to go. I felt like, like you said, Luke, it's, it shifts and becomes like a different movie and it just comes across very uneven. And I'm not necessarily even opposed to the, like almost like the character study vibe that was going on for the first 40 minutes. I just felt like they didn't, commit to one or the other it was like okay we're kind of analyzing val's mind and going what's going on with her but we're also going to do like a lot of jump scares with there's something creepy in the dark which started off kind of promising one of the scenes that i found really creepy was when the matron makes val clean that whole like studio area yeah and it's just like the kids area yeah something about like squeaky clean room and she's the only one there and then there's those sounds coming out of the vents and well, that's, that that's a very important room for what's yeah. uh, gonna happen yeah. i hate being alone in like a creepy house or some kind of uh environment that i'm not used to i hate being alone in that kind of an environment i hate that. yeah if it's yeah, my own I... home i'm usually okay because i know right. the layout of my house but if i'm you know somewhere else i i, I don't like it Right. Like if I go to work so, early and no one else is in the office. You know, that kind of oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told this to Luke once before, but I, um, I work at a school and mentioned before, and, uh, there was one time last year that, um, I had to get there real early for some, I got there like an hour before I had to be there. And, um, it was like me, the secretary, and this one other teacher that's in a totally different grade level who I don't even see. And I know her, but I don't talk to her ever. I've never said any words to her. I have no reason to. We don't see each other during the day. But it's just us two in the building. I'm like walking down the hallway and you can hear my footsteps like in the power. And I see her like turn, turn the corner and she walks past me. And mind you, I've never said a word to this woman. She's like 15 years younger than me. She's never said a word to me. But she walks past me. And as she walks past me, she, no shit, she starts going, oh, no. (laughs) And like, I look at her and I sort of smile and I say, and I go, you are the coolest person I've ever met. And I walk away. (laughs) Like, I've never talked to you before. And you think to do that to another person you've never talked to before? That's awesome. That's a bold way to go. I would have been like, how dare you? It's a big swing. The movie starts to hint at the fact that there used to be a girl 
a little girl, eight, nine years old, named Gail, that used to be part of this hospital. And something not so great happened to her. They call her Dirty Gail, right? Because she was always like dirty. She had this uh, stuffed dog that she would never, you know, uh, let go of. And earlier in the movie, we see Val go down into like the, um, I guess it's like the, it looks like the fucking boiler room out of Nightmare on Elm Street. And she uh, she finds like a like a burnt stuffed dog on the floor, and when she touches it, she has one of her like fits, right? They, these possessions that Val has seem more and more to be not of a "I am trying to hurt you, kill you, slash do evil things to you." I am trying to get you to understand something. I'm also trying to hurt other people, <laughs> not you. Other people, right. not you, but other people, because I see you, I see you acting how you act with the one girl that stayed behind that should have left with the other, you know, pediatric patients. Saba, yeah. But you're you're a safe person, and I need your help. Type of possessions, and that and that sounds very similar to. Um, has everyone here seen the Silent Hill movie? That first oh, yes. one. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, but I have. Yeah, yeah. That, I was I was that feeling reminds. that too, Kevin. I know exactly what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's that's what that yeah. storyline reminds me of because there's the the girl that was put to death by the cult and you know wants the main girl's help to exact revenge. Um, so that that is a unique twist when that happens when you sort of go the the friendly ghost route in in some ways. Oh, she ain't friendly though. <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I was gonna say. I was kind of confused about where that was going. Like, was she a villain? Um, as she was being possessed, because that by the end, spoiler, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but um, you kind of see her as kind of like this anti-hero. Yeah, I also think like if maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but it's like so imagine like because it's the person that's possessing Val is this dirty Gale, this girl, and um, maybe you know jump to conclusions. Maybe she just doesn't like she knows she wants to do something. But she doesn't quite know how to do it yet. So maybe like the whole first part of her is like figuring out how to take care of this. It's like, oh, shit, I made her stab herself in the leg. I didn't mean to do that. But like maybe it's just she doesn't know how to be dead and possess somebody. I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's literally her first rodeo. Right. She doesn't know how to be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she goes Ricky Bobby style. She's really (laughs) shitty at possessing people. I'm telling you, I'm paralyzed. Yeah, see, like once it, like once it ended, like I understood like where it was all heading. Like I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. But like looking at that, those little details like that, those little scenes, I'm like, what? Well, now I can't like be on her side, right? Right? Because it was kind of <laughs> she's just kind of a shitty ghost. You sort of can towards the end because it, it, you know, more people know about this at the hospital than let on. Right. That's, that's a good so point. So that's, that's the bad part of it is that everybody seems to be covering for each other. So it's right. like Babs seems to have known something. Right. Neville definitely knows something. He might've had a part in it. Right. Although he's not the main part. We're going to find out in a second because they do make it to morning. Right. And when they make it to morning, the, the nice doctor comes back and he's like, He's like, oh, I'll take, you know, the girl, I'll take her to where she's supposed to go. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is Dr. Franklin. We talked about him earlier. Right. He's a nice, smiley guy. He was friendly with Val. Um, he's honestly, this is one of the, and it's, <laughs> it's like this whole movie has this like super oppressive atmosphere. It's not just the darkness. Mm-hmm. It's like constant, 
like the sound mixing in this movie is crazy, right? It's like there's always noises. There's either whispers or something's going on in the background or you're in that fucking ward with all the comatose people. So all you hear is the sound of the respirators. It's just really, really freaky. Uh, I have a couple of things to say about this, but we can wait till later. But I, yeah, but yeah, go ahead, Luke. Every character, I mean, pretty much every character, except for Dr. Franklin, like is an asshole to Val. Like right. everyone's a dick. Even the two nurses that are uh, the pediatric nurses that take care of the kids, they're kind of dicks to Val too because they don't believe any, a word that you know she said to him. Like anything has happened. Um, so yeah, it's becomes just like a really oppressive atmosphere. And uh, again, like I can totally understand like cashing out of this movie because between that and how slow it is for the first half of it, it's like man, this is like this is a pretty tough watch you know for the first half anyway well i i feel like personally like watching it it's it's one of those movies that like i have to go back and revisit to like kind of get the full grasp of it and kind of catch all the little like nuances and everything (sighs) i just did uh an episode uh with our buddy james um you know, from Teenage Film Snob, and we were talking about Tarantino movies, and there are a couple of Tarantino movies that when I watched them for the first time, I was just like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this, like, blah. But then after I knew what I was watching or knew where the film was going, I went back and watched it again, and I was like, oh, wait, this this thing is brilliant. Like, it, it's really good. But I just went in expecting something different. Getting major Shining vibes from this, from the sound and especially the soundtrack. I was getting yes. Shining vibes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Kind of the atmosphere. And from a storytelling perspective, I, I thought uh, Val was kind of a Jack Torrance and Saba was kind of a Danny. Right. The way that she was kind of looking after her. And you see her right. becoming possessed yeah. by kind of the building a little bit. And you see her kind of struggling with, you know, that influence that the building has over her. And all kind of like, I, I got that. Yeah, I just had the vibes of that throughout. Did you get the feeling that maybe Gail, the spirit, was at, had like actually able to figure out how to talk to Saba? Because, you know, they're more along the same age range. And she started yeah. using that tactic to get to her towards the end. Yeah, and I was surprised that she didn't try to p- possess Saba instead of... Valid. Maybe she knew she wasn't going to be strong enough. Right. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention too. Saba is a. Is a uh, she is. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, she she, can't, she doesn't speak English. She can't communicate. Right. She's Indian. Right. That's true. So we've made it to the morning. Why do you, why you guys ask me things? You already know the answers to them. I'm just trying to make <laughs> Trying to keep everyone involved. <laughs> well, and and honestly, sometimes when I don't I don't come to a conclusion until somebody else starts to say it. And it starts to make more sense. This is classic teachership, by the way, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been doing this for quite a long time, so it's like it's well, hard Zach, to not do it. He's leading the witness. Yeah. Well, Zach, you hit on a kind of another thing that kind of sticks in my craw with this movie, and then I can say this for the seller as well. Um, and I get that you know when you're when you're writing a screenplay or you're making a movie like. Every idea that you can probably think of has been done before. Yeah. And it's kind of about bringing, you know, your own voice to it. Like Zach, you know, this, you're a, you're a horror author and you know, every horror story 
has been told already. And now it's about what can you bring to the table and where I think this movie flatlines for me and doesn't keep me interested is just that I don't really feel like it has its own voice. I just feel like it's kind of just a, we've mentioned the shining and silent hill, a um, little bit of conjuring in there lights out. Maybe it just, it just feels like, like a myriad of things that we've all seen before. And for me personally, doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table for me to go, why would I, like, I'll choose, it doesn't give me a reason to choose this one over a different movie that's in this same vein, if that makes sense. Yeah, so first of all, you only watched the first hour of it, so how dare you? <laughs> so, all I needed, man. <laughs> Fuck you and your grandma. <laughs> Fuck your sister. Fuck your grandma. No, actually, um, I'm actually totally with you completely, 100% for the first hour. I thought that everything I was seeing is exactly what the movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be like an A24 wannabe where it was going to try to just be like this very quiet, like try to be like the 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 Vavitch, you know, and not really go anywhere. And then it just took probably right around where you stopped it. It just took this crazy pants turn. (laughs) I was like, okay, now I'm interested. Right. Now this is getting yeah. fucking weird. Right, right. Yeah. If 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 it was like that the whole way through, I, I would right. have not I would have checked out. Yeah, would, yeah there's no well, way. I, yeah. Me and Jason had this conversation a few weeks ago and we'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and put this out there. We were we hadn't recorded an episode on it yet, but we had a conversation about Infinity Pool because we watched that together. Has anybody seen that? I need to see that. I need I to see all this stuff. I haven't seen Possessor. Yeah. Okay, it's so really it's, you gotta so watch Possessor. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Brandon Cronenberg, uh, David Cronenberg's son, and I won't give anything away. Um, it is worth a watch, but when Jason was asking me what I thought, with same thing with that one, the pacing in that movie feels very a twenty four ish, and I what I was saying to Jason is like I feel like for a while there in the last five years, there were two movies that came out in 2018 that have sort of like that had a long, have had a long trend of dominating the pacing and the way movies are told in the horror genre, which I felt was a quiet place because we saw a lot of creature features come back yeah. and hereditary after hereditary. I just felt yeah. like everybody wants to go do Ari Aster and do the slow burn and the family drama and the tragic backstory. Unfortunately, not everybody is Ari Aster, and a lot of people can't do that well. And they're mistaking slow burns with, like, the repla- they think they can replace that with, like, lack of substance. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hereditary works as a slow burn because we are watching this family, and The Witch, same thing. We are yeah. watching this family have tension, like, you know, Marcus mentioned on the Midnight Terrors episode, tension. We are watching them slowly divulge, like divulge into madness while having yeah. scares. And then my issue with this one was that I didn't really feel that. I just felt like here's a series of, of booga booga and not much else. You know what I mean? Sure. Booga booga. Is that a technical term? I'm just ignoring you. You can. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying though, Buck. Um, uh, there, there are slow burns that I like, and there are slow burns that I that I don't like. It's almost with like slow burns because I I really like slow burns, but it's like 
if I'm going to watch a slow burn, like I, I need to do it in the afternoon where I'm not going to fall asleep. Not that they're bad movies, but just like I need to have like full focus or full attention. But if I'm watching a slow burn and it's like 10 o'clock at night, am I going to make it? Probably not. So to wrap up this movie, we'll make it up to the morning. And then this is when we sort of get like our reveal right. of sorts to where uh, they do like a little flashback. And it turns out that the same sort of like movements and possessions that have been happening to Val were what happened to Gail. And as the camera pans up, we see who's doing this to Gail. And it's Mr. Friendly Doctor, who we thought was the nice guy. That's right. That's right. It's Dr. Uh, who's that? Dr. Franklin. Um, yeah. So it, it turns out Dr. Franklin's a, well, he's at least a child molester, if not more. Probably more. Yeah, they uh, never like explicitly stated what was going on, but like you can kind of tell. Right, right. And I was just like, wow, they were really going there with the story, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, takes, it takes a fucking turn here. Yeah, uh, I was like, this movie's really doing a lot of things. Because it's they, they leave, you know, it's the next morning. Val wakes up, you know, she's in a whole lot of fucking trouble because there's there's two people that are dead. Uh, I think one of the nurses that were taking care of the babies, like, fucking jumped out of the window and, like, broke both legs. So she, like, last time we saw her, she was, like, crawling away in pain. I, I, I guess she survived because they didn't mention her in, like, the death count. But um, yeah, so she's so Val's in the in the wakes up in the hospital bed. She has um, Saba's the little girl. Um, she has her her sketchbook. She left that with her, and her sketchbook. She she saw it, looked at it earlier, and it was just full of just like black scribbles. It was like just just a bunch of black scribbles, like page after page of that. And then this time, you know, after Doctor Franklin's like, I'll just I'll take care of Saba. I'll make sure she gets home safe. So. He leaves with Saba, and then Val opens up the sketchbook, and she starts to erase some of the scribbles. And underneath the scribbles is a picture of Dr. Franklin's face. And that's when she figures out that Dr. Franklin's been uh, sexually, again, at least molesting, probably raping this girl uh, who can't speak English. She can't can't tell anybody anything. Uh, And it turns out that Val has that in common because that's what those flashbacks were about uh when she was stuck in the closet it was her and the headmaster of her orphanage that was doing the same thing to her which is why gail picked val in the first place to right. uh you know to be the the possessee i guess as you'd call yeah. it and then we get our own little triple crossover where uh saba and val and gail fucking take care of uh dr franklin in the basement you know, they go back in the Freddy fucking boiler room and they, uh, they just I scream they, at him. <laughs> they just scream at him. They don't show what he hap- what happens to him. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, in my head, I'm going to say he just explodes because why not? And then the cool part for me is that the way this movie ends is it's like, they're not fucking done. It's like these three people are on a fucking rampage and they go take out, or it's implied that they go take out like the head of the hospital. They yeah, do. It yeah, reminded me of sure like did. hard candy a little bit with uh, Elliot Page and Patrick Wilson. Were like, you know, it, yeah, like the, you know, the characters just getting started. Oh, and then I I was not expecting this to have a happy ending at all, and it kind of right. had a happy ending. And like, yeah. I preferred this ending to the seller's ending because I I Same. thought that there would be. I thought when the ending that seemed like a happy ending to the seller had happened, I was like, oh, this is this is cool. I'm glad this all wrapped up nicely. And then right. it didn't. I was like, what the. 
stupid. <laughs> so I'm glad that it actually worked out in this one. So give me final thoughts on the power. I'm actually with you, Kevin. Totally. I uh, I think you should definitely sit down in the dark and like finish it, like like do it from start to finish and, and give it another try. I want to see it again. I was not feeling it the first half, but then I was pleasantly surprised. It took a crazy turn and I was like, well, shit. Okay. All right. I'm feeling it. Yeah, I dug it. It was good. You know, for me, again, uh, it's just one of those things where what what are you bringing new to the table that we haven't already seen a million times? And so would it help if I, you know, finish the movie? Maybe. Um, what you guys are describing sounds interesting and, you know, sounds like it's kind of unique. I wonder, would it still, would the, the buildup still be worth the payoff? You know what I mean? So we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll give it another shot. Um, but yeah, that, that first hour was pretty, uh, pretty hard and, and kind of infuriating to, you know, to kind of sit still for, <laughs> for quite a while. But, you know, if, if you're listening to the show and, you know, it sounds like something you're something that you will enjoy more so than me, then, you know, I, 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 you should watch it and form your own opinion. That's, that's my take on every, every movie, no matter what I say, whether I'm positive or negative, you should always form your own opinion, not, not go off of hearing like what you've heard or what you read. So. So Kevin loved it is what he's saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of from my perspective i i kind of mentioned it earlier because um there are there are a lot of films that i've seen for the first time not knowing what i was walking into and maybe felt a little let down by them but then on a rewatch knowing what it was going to be then i appreciate i appreciated them much more um so i think that would probably be um, something I, I probably need to go back and, and, and watch this again. I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was really atmospheric, uh, pretty scary at times. Uh, you know, uh, kind of a nice, you know, uh, although sad, you know, final reveal. Really good shooting locations, really good set design, really good acting by Rose Williams as Val. I thought she was amazing. I don't know, man. I, I, I really liked it. I, you know, I can also see it how, I mean, it is polarizing. If you just look at the IMDb score, which, you know, take that with a grain of salt, it's got a 5.5. So there's just as many people that didn't like this movie as, as did, basically. Um, so, you know, your mileage, you know, will vary. But uh, for me, I liked it. It worked. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I, I do like the premise a lot. It's a creepy setup. Uh, as Luke said, some incredible like physical acting by Rose Williams too. Uh, I, I can see myself watching again to see if I could catch some of the stuff that I might have missed the first time. But um, yeah, I can recommend The Power. All right, so we couldn't let you guys leave without playing one of our games. And so we're going to take it back to our first ever game. And that's a guess the movie. So are you guys ready? Yes. Go for it. So the way this one's work is I'll give you a introduction to a movie and three clues. And then after that, take a guess in what you think it is. Clues aren't always helpful, but they're there. So take them before you make your guess. Tonight's movie is from 1982. When the Burbank Karate Club travels to a mysterious island, they quickly find themselves in more trouble than they can handle. 
The island in question is called Warrior Island, and it's an island full of disgraced martial artists. As you can imagine, our merry band of Cali Karate Masters meet their match on Warrior Island as they run into crazy cannibal monks, piranhas, zombies, and much more. Sounds awesome. (laughs) It does sound awesome. Well, hold on, because here we go. Clue number one. And uh, this isn't a clue, but I needed to quote a user review by a guy named Todd Gaines on Letterboxd.com. Baby Hitler's lazy eye, jiggling boobs, strip club music, real badass motherfuckers that wear bandanas and overalls, J&B scotch, super tight blue jeans, Hawaiian shirts, flying arrow of death, cruise ships, pirates, Wilhelm screams, samurai zombies, John's chest hair. Wow, this movie is a real deal. <laughs> wow. Oh oh, I'm God. sold. <laughs> I feel like any of those could be the titles. <laughs> All right. Clue number two. This movie was directed by one Edward Murphy. Eddie Murphy? <laughs> is this Eddie Murphy with his alias? Not not the Eddie Murphy, but a guy <laughs> named Edward Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of subterfuge with uh, Luke. I asked him a question over text last night because I just, for the life of me, could not remember a couple of titles of a movie. I originally heard of this movie on one of the documentaries I asked Luke to send to me last night. So this was either on uh, Electric Boogaloo or uh, Machete Maidens <laughs> or American Grindhouse. It's, it's, it's this documentary about how U.S. companies in the 80s would get their movies made in the Philippines. Yeah, it's really good. They're worth checking out. So uh, that's what this movie is. It is a U.S. production made in the Philippines. And final clue, the title of this movie is two words and is the most stereotypical 80s action movie title you can think of. Think Schwarzenegger. Think Stallone. Go wild. I know these clues didn't help you very much, but give me your best 80s action movie title that's only two words long. Cold Steel. Cold (laughs) Steel. That's a good one. It's not correct, but it's a good one. Blood sport. <laughs> Fuck balls. <laughs> Fuck balls. Hard metals. Hard Luke. metals. Oh, I got Karate Island. This movie. This movie is Good called Karate Chop. <laughs> this movie is called Raw Force. Raw Force. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Haven't we seen Raw Force? We have not seen it, but you, you're thinking we have because we saw this in that trailer, that movie that we watched. And we're like, this is one of the ones we have to track down. It looks, yeah, you, you should. I, I, I remember know the, that. I remember the trailer. But... You should check that out. That, that's. It looks I'm, I'm totally sold. I am going to be watching this movie probably this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, awesome. Luke, you should have done, you should have done that for the. Um the send in your review segment that you guys have been doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the chiller. What is it? The chiller movies or chilling something? classics. Chilling <laughs> classics. Oh my God, dude. That would fucking dude. This, it would totally fit on here. I even got it right here. It's, Oh dude, I have that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys very much for being part of this big yeah, event. Thanks and, guys. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Uh, Zach and the Midnight Terrors boys, where can we listen to you a little bit more? I have the uh, the Creepy Crowley. It's a podcast. I talk about horror. That's on uh, Spotify. You can find us under Midnight Terrors Podcasts. We're on social media, Instagram and Facebook, Midnight Terrors Podcasts. You can shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcasts at gmail.com. And we are Midnight Terrors on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. And uh, 
Thank you to RSS.com for putting us on podcast apps that I don't even know what they are. Good night, everyone. Thanks, guys, for coming on. <laughs> thanks, boys. Yeah, thanks, guys. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook at Reviewed to Death. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Coming up next, we're going to watch the 1981 classic horror movie called uh, Possession by Andre Zulawski. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. Whole episode next hour climax lines <laughs> bonus episodes climax <laughs> lines i think we nailed yeah. it with uh got any cheese that would that one's good yeah. <laughs> or hasta la vista baby <laughs> all right did i do that also works as a climax line i usually say i know why you brought me the dragon slayer from dragon i mean, I, <laughs> I came from the future i usually say I'll be, i usually say i'll be back <laughs> No, no, I, I came from the future. It's, uh, it's really good. I like that one. <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> I say I'll be back and then I, I don't come back. Jesus Christ. Are we going to talk about a movie here? <laughs> no. <laughs> you started this, fuck, you, you motherfucker. I, I don't think that I started. You started it. <laughs> Did I start it? Okay. You were talked about your climax, so now here we are. <laughs> what show is this one? Is this, is, this the review, is this the review to death one? <laughs> this is the review to death one. Yep, welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Zach. That's the one. (laughs) Dude, we're, uh... I fucking love you guys.